One of the constant themes in science fiction stories is time travel. What would it be like to travel backwards or forwards in time? What would it be like to live in another era of human history, in another culture, in another part of the world? Well, for the purposes of this homily, I played out that theme with respect to St. Joseph in the United States of America in the early 21st century. If we could reach back in time and pluck St. Joseph out of his carpenter shop and his Palestinian world of the first century and magically transport him halfway around the globe, 2,000 years into the future, what would happen? How would St. Joseph fare among us? Would he fit in well in the early 21st century? Too bad Rod Serling isn't around. That could be a great Twilight Zone program. I suppose it would be pretty easy to make Joseph look like someone from our age. Since almost anything goes these days in terms of hairdos, hairstyles, you probably wouldn't have to change much on that score. Trim and his style would be sufficient. However, the clothes would have to go. He might be able to wear his first century garb when serving mass, but that's about it. For work, for everyday wear, he certainly needs some new threads. It doesn't have to be $2,000 silk suits here. Could be J.C. Penney or even Kmart. Their variety would do just fine. And even though he probably wouldn't like a lot of jewelry, Joseph more than likely would want a crucifix to wear around his neck, for reasons that should be obvious. And I'm sure we could also convince him to wear a, an expensive watch so that he'd be on time for Mass and his many other obligations. Making St. Joseph a man of the 21st century would be pretty easy when you're dealing with things on the outside, like clothing and hairstyles. It gets much more difficult, my brothers and sisters, when you have to deal with matters of mind and heart. Here I would say St. Joseph would have a very difficult time fitting in, making the grade. He'd certainly never be numbered among the politically correct, no doubt about that. In terms of his philosophy and his attitudes, he'd be a 21st century anomaly. We find evidence for this, I think, in today's Gospel text, the text we just heard from Matthew chapter 1. There we learn some very important things about St. Joseph, things that distinguish him from many, many people in our modern world. We learn, for example, that he was a person who did not take the easy way out of things. In our society, many people take easy way out of nearly everything. Can't deal with reality? Take the easy way out. Have a drink, or two, or forty. Take a drag on this joint. Take this pill. Have an inconvenient pregnancy, an unwanted pregnancy? Take the easy way out. Get an abortion. Don't want to discipline your libido? Take the easy way out. Get some birth control. Don't want to work for a living? Take the easy way out. Cheat on your taxes, steal from the government, from anybody else who comes along the way. Have a terminal illness? Have too many problems? Take the easy way out. Call your local Dr. Kevorkian. Or if you want, just do the job yourself. 
take a few innocent people along with you, like Mr. Joseph Giancello did this past Thursday here in Westerly in that horrible set of events up at Babcock Village. The easy way out. I hope you realize, my brothers and sisters, if St. Joseph had done that, if he had been someone who always took the easy way out of things, then there would have been no first Christmas Day. Christmas Day would never have happened. I say that because in all likelihood Mary would have been stoned to death and Jesus would have perished in her womb. It says in that Gospel that Joseph and Mary were betrothed to one another. That means according to Jewish law they were already considered husband and wife even though they weren't living together as husband and wife. And this was not unusual. According to Jewish law the period of betrothal lasted for a whole year prior to what we would consider to be the actual marriage ceremony. Then after that, the husband would take the wife into his home and the marriage would be consummated. So even though, though during the betrothal period, couples would not be married by our standards, they were husband and wife according to Jewish standards. That means two things. Number one, a divorce was needed to break the betrothal bond. And number two, any infidelity that took place during the betrothal year was considered to be adultery. So here we have Mary coming to Joseph one day and telling this good man, this holy man, this pure man, that she conceived a child. She tells him it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a unique event. Can you imagine Joseph's initial reaction? Mary, I've never known you to do anything wrong. Never. But do you realize what you're asking me to believe right now? I don't know, this is a tough one. And besides, what will happen to me if this becomes known? Do you realize what a horrible position this puts me in? What will happen to me if people find out that I knew about this situation and did nothing about it? What will that do to my reputation? Now, if Joseph had been somebody who always took the easy way out, he would have said to himself, Hey, you know what? I don't need this aggravation. This is Mary's problem, not mine. I don't want this responsibility. I don't want to take the chance that my reputation is going to be ruined. In that case, Joseph would have exposed Mary to the law, and in all likelihood, Mary would have been convicted of adultery and stoned to death. The scripture says... Joseph was unwilling to do that. Yes, it would cost him more personally, but to protect Mary and to protect the child, he would take the more difficult route and divorce her quietly. Then, of course, he received that revelation from God in a dream that confirmed Mary's story. And then we see that Joseph was willing to take upon himself the most difficult job of all, caring each and every day for a divine person, the divine Son of God, and his mother. This brings us to consider some other points about Joseph that set him in sharp contrast to many Americans in our century. These others I'll mention rather quickly. As we've already seen, Joseph's primary concern was not what's in it for me. Joseph's first concern always and everywhere was, what does God want? His concern was to obey God's will, even if it was difficult, even if there was little or no personal glory in it for him. 
Secondly, Joseph was not ruled by his emotions, as so many people are today. Joseph did not act hastily. Did you notice that? He wasn't quick to lose his cool. When he was confused about Mary's situation, what did he do? In essence, the Bible tells us he slept on it. He didn't immediately fly off the handle. He didn't immediately lose control. Thirdly, I think it's important to mention that St. Joseph wasn't ruled by his libido either. That puts him very much at odds with our 21st century world. Lest we forget, Joseph always lived a celibate life within marriage. Mary, according to Catholic teaching, was always a virgin. Perpetual virginity of Mary is a teaching of our faith. And fourthly, Joseph understood that there's a very big distinction between what's legal and what's moral. That's a distinction that many people in our world right now either don't understand or simply choose to ignore. For example, some try to justify abortion by saying, well, it's legal, so it must be okay. Others in business will cheat their customers, cutting corners on the quality of their products, and then they'll try to justify their action by saying, well, the law allows it. The law allows it, so it must be okay. How different St. Joseph was. He knew it was well within his legal rights to allow Mary to be put on trial for becoming pregnant during their betrothal. It was his legal right, Jewish law. But that was not the issue for him. The issue for him was, is it right? Is this what God wants? Is this the moral course of action? You know, think about it, how things would have been different this past Thursday here in Westerly if Mr. Giacello had asked himself those questions. Is it right? No. Is it what God wants? Definitely not. Is this a moral course of action? No. So I won't do it. That would have been his reasoning if he were like St. Joseph. St. Joseph, today we ask you on this fourth Sunday of Advent to pray for us. The fact that you wouldn't fit in very well in 21st century America is not your problem. It's our problem. It says something about us as individuals and as a society. It says that we, by the power of God's grace, need a change of heart so that we become more like you. Pray that that change will occur in us, St. Joseph, and in all Americans, so that someday in the future we will be able to say that you would fit in perfectly in our society. Amen.